Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Dave Orsborn. Come on in, pull up a chair. Good to have you with us. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are thrilled to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Other than botching the intro, we're doing something a little bit different this morning. Yeah. Yeah, buckle up. (laughs) Uh, A couple weeks ago, Pope Francis released an apostolic exhortation on the 150th anniversary of the birth of St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face, also known as St. Therese of Lisieux. The document is entitled, C'est la confiance, confidence in the merciful love of God. And our friend Maria Tarbell and our friend and executive barista, Cam Clutter, will join Amanda and me for the chat. I got a promotion. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. heard that. Congratulations. You're, you're still filling our mugs. So, so sure. <laughs> Can you start us with a prayer, Amanda? Yeah. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm. Lord, thank you for being such a good, good father. We thank you for all your blessings and all your love. And we ask to just grow in in greater love of you, greater knowledge of you, greater trust in you, that our confidence would be in you. Um, That we, we would know and trust that you are a good father, a good provider. Give us the, the courage and the remembrance to always run to you, to be childlike in your sight. We offer our day, everyone that we meet, all of our intentions to you in Jesus' name and through the intercession of Mary. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Therese of Lysia. Pray for us. Pray for us. When you're canonized, Amanda, uh, yeah. <laughs> where will you be St. Amanda of Oh, good question. I've kind of been all over the place, but maybe Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time there. Would you be the first? Um, you know, <laughs> I I hope not. I hope not. Wow, <laughs> that is so Saint Therese. That's an answer that Saint Therese would give. <laughs> mm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Where would you be the saint of? I think uh, Saint Dave of Newark. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newark needs some props. So. Okay, harder question. What would you be saint of? Ooh, that is a great question. The patron saint of home appliances. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Not that I have any really skill at repairing them. Oh, okay, so you'd be the, like the saint of helpless causes with... But I can, <laughs> that's it, that's it. I, but I have, uh, you know, kind of upped my game on being able to operate them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And? Came down this morning, the washing machine was making a, uh, you know, there was a tone I hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. So I guess something was out of balance. So I actually opened the door to the washer, kind of shook the little mat that was in there, shut it and hit start and it worked. Wow, <laughs> yeah. there you go. First accomplishment of the day. 
<laughs> I started the day with a victory. Victory. It's a good one. <laughs> so, Maria Tarbell, welcome to the cafe. Thank you. You would be St. Maria of? Well, my hometown is Tiffin, so probably Tiffin. Mm. Maria of Tiffin. Yeah. I like that. Very yeah. good. And you yeah. would be the patron saint of? You know, I don't know. I'd have to think about that for a minute. Patron saint of? I don't know. Well, the Lord has called you to work with young adults. So Absolutely. Maybe something so, in that realm. Yeah. So patron saint of young adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. good. Cameron? St. Cameron of? Well, I'd really like to say Columbus because I've spent most of my life here, but are we going off of where we were born or like where we spent the majority of our time? This is a good question. You can decide that. I was born in Matthews, North Carolina, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere outside Raleigh, but I only lived there for six months. So I would probably say St. Cam of Columbus. Mm, Cam of Columbus. That's a nice ring. It does have a nice ring. And you would be the patron of? Well, I want to be the patron saint of two things. One, I want to be the patron saint of... He goes right to two things. Yeah. (laughs) Producers of morning shows. That's me. Good. Um, Good. And two, I also want to be the patron saint of weather phenomena. Um, But not not like, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff, but like when you're like, ah, man, we have family pictures on Sunday and it looks like it's gonna rain. St. Cam, intercede for us and just make it so it doesn't rain. It doesn't rain. <laughs> like, I want to be that guy because I don't I don't know if that person exists in heaven right now. Sure, so. sure. I thought you were going to say, like, weather phenomenon in terms of, like, double rainbow or halo I mean, around I, the I can do that, sun. too, if you want, I suppose, when I get I up there. I can do that, too. When I get up there, I'll talk, I'll talk to the big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll arrange it. I've come up with a second. A second one. Okay. Oh, and tell us. I think I would be the patron saint of big sisters, oldest mm. sisters. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, el- nice. I'm the eldest of seven. Okay. You know, and us eldest, you know, we're up there. And sometimes we don't want to be up there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, so. Sometimes the others don't want that either. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I think I would. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And you, Amanda? Um, yeah, I... (laughs) You thought you were going to escape that, didn't Uh, you? (laughs) Dave. Um, okay, help me out. What do you think? Oh. I I know, I feel, I feel I have a feeling I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Patron saint of alternative coffees. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) That's me. There we go. Would you also take, would you, I know you've never been mushroom hunting yourself, but would you take mushroom hunters under your, under your patronage since you're... Beverage of choice includes a <laughs> fungi. Al- <laughs> An alternate coffee. Um, you know, I think that would be fun. I'd, I'd like to learn how to do that someday. So uh, They so, could use a patron, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? When why they're not? in the woods and they're looking for mushrooms, you, you who are they funny. supposed to ask? I actually don't like mushrooms. <laughs> like, I, like, as, as a we part of- We find that out now. <laughs> it's been two months, I folks. Just, this, <laughs> I love mushrooms, by okay. the way. <laughs> Have you had mushroom coffee? I don't think so. No. no. Came to the right place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so you want to switch. You wouldn't be the patron of alternative coffee beverages? Yeah, why not? Sure. I, c- I could do that. Yeah. I I think I'm I'm still finding my niche, so I'll let you know when I find it, and hmm. then I'll I'll be that saint. 
And if we have a say in it, we'll we'll support that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so we have this, it, folks. This is a, a really really accessible document. Um, about 16, 17 pages long. Again, this is, again, this is c'est la confiance. I if either I'm right on that or I just butchered the the French on confidence in the merciful love of God. And this was on the 150th anniversary of the birth of St. Therese of Lisieux. And only about 16, 17 pages long. It's an apostolic exhortation. So these are documents that the Holy Father writes for the encouragement, the inspiration uh, for, for, you know, everybody, for all the lay faithful, for priests, for religious, for bishops, for everyone in the church to exhort them uh, towards holiness. There you have it. So about 16, 17 pages long. I thought this morning we could go near the back of the document. And I should mention also, friends, this is available easily on online. And what did you suggest, Cam, when you were helping me figure out Google? You said just Google. Uh, Pope Francis letter on St. Therese. You'll get there. There you go. It's easier than trying to spell, say, la confiance. So at the end of the document, this isn't a spoiler, but I, I do think it's a good place to start um, where he summarizes uh, the entire document. And I, I like there, the document itself, really about 50 paragraphs of a, of um, a lot of quotes from St. Therese. But the Holy Father makes the point of saying uh, that quotes uh, from the saint are secondary to her message or deal with things she has in common with any other saint, such as prayer, sacrifice, Eucharistic piety, any number of other beautiful testimonies. Yet in this way, we could be depriving ourselves of what is most specific about her gift to the church. We forget that each and every saint is a mission planned by the Father to reflect and embody at a specific moment in history a certain aspect of the gospel. So I thought that that was really helpful. And actually that I think was nice to hear from each of us on who we would be the patron of and you know what where's our path of towards holiness taking each of us. So, and then the Holy Father goes on to summarize the entire document with some statements. I thought maybe we could go through some of these statements and just reflect on our own lives, uh, what we've seen from St. Therese, what we've seen from other saints in our life, and uh, yeah, just have that discussion. Before we start there, though, Maria, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? This is your first time in the cafe. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very honored to have been asked to, to step in. Um, uh, I have um, kind of a hybrid background. I'm, I'm really actually a, a, a business person by, by uh, avocation. Mm-hmm. I've been in, in the business world for decades. And um, right now I'm a part-time professor at Otterbein University. So I'm kind of in the, the last, as I tell my students, the last 20% or so of my, my work career. Mm-hmm. So, um, and what, what has been interesting over the last 10 years, actually, since, since January of 2013, 
when I actually got started with our Divine Mercy Cynical group at St. John Newman. It was started by a very good friend of mine now, Sue Stalter. Uh, oh, she, yeah. yeah, she was uh, she was still working. There was a there was a, a, a cynical group at John Newman, mm-hmm. but it was during the day, and um, she was still working. It's my understanding, that she, you know, that her thinking was that she wanted to go ahead and get one started, but we would start in the evenings, and so um, and I fi- ended up finding out about this and that they were getting started, and um, the rest is kind of history in terms of me. Because I had always had a love of St. Saint Faustina mm. and the Divine Mercy. But I didn't, you know, I was aware of when uh, Pope Francis, or I'm sorry, uh, Pope John Paul II, uh, St. Pope John Paul II, um, you know, uh, when she came in as a saint and everything after the turn of the century. But there wasn't at the time a lot of information out there. And I was living in Maryland at the time. And they're just, they're just what, you know, we have so much now about the Divine Mercy, right. Divine Mercy Sunday, and uh, everything about Saint uh, um, Saint Faustina that uh, there there's no you know there's just there's just so much out there and there wasn't twenty some years ago when that was all happening. So when I saw that and I was like, whoa, let me get started here. And so that's you know and by you know with just that one step with someone starting something and then me having the opportunity seeing it in the St. John Newman Bulletin at the time. We were not parishioners at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing it in the bulletin was just, you know, and me taking the step to say, yes, I'm going to join this group. And we're still going strong. That's fantastic. I mean, um, even with through COVID, uh, Sue kept us going uh, virtually. And we still, uh, we have not transitioned back to in-person because we actually meet every Monday at 6.30 uh, on Zoom. And we actually have one of our friends who went to Florida, and she joins us. So uh, we can have anywhere from four of us to eight of us or ten of us online at any given a given week. Mm-hmm. So, And that took me down the path of where I'm at right now, working with young adults. Yeah, tell us about that. So young yeah. adult ministry and... Uh, I know you're very active with the Columbus Catholic Young Adult Conference. Right. So I actually got started as an advisor to the Otterbein Catholic Student Ministry. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I was at a silent retreat and I got this very distinct message. I want to say this was in the fall of 14. Very distinct message that I needed to do something at Otterbein. Now, as a part-time professor, I don't, I don't have, there's, you know, I don't have any status or any, I mean, I was just like, so what does that mean? Right, so I just dismissed it because it was so off the wall, like I needed to do something there. Well, what, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, it got to be January of 15 and I was thinking and, and I said, oh, I could probably do the chaplet during Lent. I can do that. Does that look, does that sound good, Lord? And so, and I, but again, I, other than knowing the um, chaplain, I knew nobody at the university mm-hmm. in terms of religious, anything religious. Mm-hmm. So I contacted the folks that I thought would, you know, help me get the, cha- the chapel and everything. And literally within 24 hours, I had everything pulled together. I had two sessions set up, one on Monday at noon and Thursday at four o'clock. And we, we did the chaplet in, during Lent that time. And so I also was introduced to the fact that they had a student group, the Catholic student group on campus, which I did not know about. And so I was just like, okay. And so 
some of those folks would come to the chapel during, you know, during Lent. And then they came to me uh, when, when Lent was almost finished and said, you know, Maria, we would really like to keep going. Can we keep going during the rest of the semester? And mm-hmm. I said, sure, if we mm-hmm. can get the chapel. Mm-hmm. And we decided to go just with Thursday. And then, then they came to me again and said, by the way, we're losing our advisor. Would you be our advisor? I have, I have no idea what that means, you know. So I said, okay, wow. you know. So I became their advisor, and um, and that transitioned into me working with with them, and um, so I ended up, as a result of knowing about this student group, ending up taking them because I had been going to the women's conference for a couple of years, and uh, I ended up uh, taking. Um, young ladies with me to the women's conference. I started doing that in 15. And in the, um, so the women's conference at 18, uh, in 2018, I got a very, during the adoration part, for those that know the, the layout of the women's conference, they always have an adoration, the last hour, which is very beautiful. And that particular conference, I probably had eight or 10 young ladies with me. And so they were all lined up and we're standing there, um, and I had, a, I had an inspiration, a message that said, what about the young people? Mm. And I was just like, well, I don't know. What do you mean by the young people? You know, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, or the Holy Spirit. Somebody's, you know, asking me about this. What about the young people? And I thought, well, maybe that means maybe there's a conference like this, like the Women's Conference out there for young adults. And I don't know about it because, again, you know, I'm a newbie in all of this. I'm, right. I'm a business person. You know, I teach business classes. I, I don't I don't know anything about the what I call the the spiritual religious side of things other than being a Catholic. So I thought, well, OK, who could I ask? Well, I know Michelle Faley. So I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll figure out something. I'll, I'll ask around. So I go out, you know, where the conference is ending and I go out and, you know, at the Kasich Center, there have that that open area that's outside before you, you go mm-hmm. go out to the parking lot. So I'm standing there, and I hadn't seen Michelle all day. And I, I'm thinking about this message, and I'm thinking, wow, maybe there's a conference out there. That would be so cool. We could go to that. You know, I could get you know some funding or whatever. And, I, and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to contact and find out. And I literally turn around, and she's standing right behind me. <laughs> I mean, not, you know three yeah. feet away but literally right behind me and so I started we started chatting and I asked her that I said do you happen to know if there is a conference out there for for young young adults young young people and everything she paused she goes well there's the John Bosco one I said no no that's high school I'm not thinking about high school I'm thinking you know somewhere probably you know college or older you know young adult type thing and she goes she looks she looked real thoughtful and she says you know Maria no I don't she said, why don't you start one? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and so she said, you know, get with me, talk with me. You know, I'd be happy to talk with you and everything. So a few weeks later, we sat down in their offices over off of Henderson here. Yeah. And, um, and I had like very tactical questions like, how did you start? Mm-hmm. You know, where did the money come from? You know, things that like, you know, practical things. And so. And she recommended I started a parish. And I said, well, that's easy. I'm a member of St. John Newman. I knew Kate mm-hmm. uh, by name. I didn't know her personally. And so that's how we got started was this inspiration at the 2018 Women's Conference. So 
this year was which uh, anniversary? This, which... A, this one that we just had yeah. on October 14th was our fifth conference. Wow. Um, I'm so proud of the young adults that I work with because we kept the conference going. Most people don't realize our first conference was in October of 19, which was five months before the virus hit. Mm-hmm. And so we had to scramble. I mean, we didn't have a lot of bandwidth or anything. I mean, we literally had this very first conference and my young adults that I work with on the planning committee, because we have a planning committee that does yeah, all great of team. this. Yes. And um, we now have a board. We now, we now are a nonprofit and we have a board of directors, but we still have this planning committee of which the board is part of that as well. Um, but um, most people don't realize that we, we very much, through the blessings and grace of our Lord and our sponsors, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, to keep the conference going. So we ended up having a cancel in October of 20. <clears throat> we ended up having two conferences in 21, one in April, and then one again in October, because we wanted to keep the momentum going. And then we had one, and, and then we're, we're staying in the October time frame. So, uh, so yeah. And literally when we started, folks, we had nothing. Mm-hmm. We had no money. We had no sponsors. We had no, we had no email addresses. I mean, we had nothing except <clears throat> this message that said, what about the young people? Yeah. Well, yeah, nothing but your yes and the yes of uh, some you know close yeah, people Kate, close to you Kate yeah and father noble who was very much yeah. he said he was very much who was the pastor at the time so very much so begins with a yes yeah, yeah actually you know coming off of the ewtn conference i i think of mother angelica where she she heard her message right and she's like lord i know absolutely nothing about radio and uh, <clears throat> She, but she said yes, and I, I see, Maria, in your story how you know, you just kind of felt the call to maybe start where you're teaching and start with the mm-hmm. chaplet, and then you know from there it kind of just started to grow into something maybe others around you could help <laughs> right. you with. And right. Yeah, right. And so that faithfulness. And, and St. Faustina and St. Michael the Archangel are two patron saints of the conference. Mm-hmm. Maria Tarbell and Cam Clutter in the St. Gabriel Cafe with us this morning. Do you know the connection between St. Faustina and St. Therese? Have you heard? So St. Faustina had a real devotion to St. Therese. She did. And in her novice, in, when she was uh, in the novitiate, she was going through some difficulties with her, with her vocation. And she started a novena to St. Therese. And in a dream... One evening, uh, St. Therese uh, came to Faustina and had a chat with her and uh, then introduced herself. Uh, Faustina didn't recognize her initially and uh, didn't know she was a saint, didn't know it was Therese, but then Therese introduced herself and helped her work out that problem. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And she wasn't even a saint at the time? Therese was. Faustina wasn't. Yeah, Faustina was still in in the novitiate. Mm -hmm. So so there's a connection. And I think that's uh, when I recalled that story, the uh, title of this document, Confidence in the Merciful Love of God, really makes a a beautiful connection between between these two saints. Mm -hmm. Two of the big ones. So... You know, I think I think the thing that really is important to me about about all of this is the word mercy. 
Hmm. I mean, if we think about how much mercy, how much hmm. mercy our Lord gives to us, that He is so merciful about everything, even if you know we've sinned, um, you know we're having a, a, a challenging day. If we just say, "Lord, I need Your mercy," or the Holy Spirit, and so the word mercy is really important to me. Hmm. And I think we'll see that as we go through some of uh, some of these sections. So. The Holy Father writes, From heaven to earth, the timely witness of St. Therese of the child Jesus and the Holy Face endures, I love this line, in all the grandeur of her little way. Hmm. You think uh, you have grandeur, huge, right? and then the little way. (laughs) They seem to be contraries. Yeah, but I think that really plays out in the life of Therese and what she's given uh, her gifts to the church is all little, right? And and that grandeur too. I think if Therese were here in the conversation, she she would attribute it all to God in that way, right? Mm-hmm. It's not her grandeur; it's His that that gets you know magnified by by her little way in that way. And I I think Pope Francis does a really beautiful job in this entire document, but especially in these lines of uh, to come that that tease it out. In many ways, you know, we also uh, Kate, um, Kate Giddens, and I, who are we're, we're the original uh, co-leaders of of this conference, is we are very sensitive about the fact that this is our Lord's conference. Mm-hmm. When we were uh, when when my uh, the young adults were putting together our first website, they wanted <clears throat> they wanted to put me down as a founder, and I said no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I mean, our Lord was the one. I did not come up with this idea by any stretch of the imagination. And so, you know, with Kate and I working together and everything, um, we're trying to make sure that our focus is always on our Lord mm-hmm. and what he wants for this conference, not what we want. So. Right. And I think that's so entwined in mm-hmm. how Trez looked at things, right? Mm-hmm. There's just utter confidence in God the Father and this childlike trust. Mm-hmm. The Holy Father writes... And in the summaries, in the summary, he, he's very much focusing on in this age, you know, today. Mm. So it, it makes everything in this document very practical. And friends, if you're a part of a Bible study or a, or a small group and, and, and you have a, a set format, this might be a good way for you to take a little break from what you've been doing and, and get into something new because this is very practical and you can have great discussions, even if you were just to take um, this uh, paragraph 52 or section 52 without the references in the rest of the document you really can have a lot for discussion here without necessarily being a devotee of St. Therese so in the first one uh, the Holy Father writes in an age that urges us to focus on ourselves and our own interests Therese shows us the beauty of making our lives a gift. Making our lives a gift. I, it, there's always that focus of giving. And what I take from that is, I mean, what what do we have other really than ourselves mm. um, a, a, as a gift? In a... 
childlike kind of way, Therese always reminds me of uh, the story of the little drummer boy at, mm-hmm. at Christmas. It comes out of the song, you know. My wife gets really annoyed with this song, so <laughs> she's probably rolling her eyes uh, listening at home at the moment. But um, that idea of like, I don't have much to give, but what I do have is this. It's somewhere in this document. I wish I would have pulled it up, but it's just now coming to me. Um, Pope Francis is quoting St. Therese where she's like, I have no merits. I have, you know, nothing in my arms. I have, when when I get to heaven, I totally intend and I'm so confident in being a saint, but I'm not going with anything. Mm-hmm. My arms are empty. And, and that just like, m- that mindset of her, I think it would be at first glance, it might you might think to yourself, "This is, you know, I'm I'm going to heaven with nothing, with no merits, with no anything like that." But it's actually in that pouring out and that giving of herself that that's like where her confidence in the Lord starts to take root. I think first and foremost is, it, Lord, if I'm pouring myself out as a as a sacrifice for you for your people, there's no way you can say no to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And not in like a prideful way, but in like a, she, I, she just becomes such close friends with Jesus. It says elsewhere in, in say la confiance, Pope Francis writes that she puts herself as a contemporary with the apostles and with Mary and the disciples. And I was like, that's what I want to, wow. man. You know, as she reads the gospel, she just, she inserts herself and says like, I want to know Jesus the same way you guys did. Mm-hmm. The same way Mary Magdalene did. Right. Um, I think Faustina actually does does a really good job of that too, and and I think it's so providential, um, and the Lord just reveals His heart so much that so many of our like nineteenth and twentieth century saints focus so deeply on the mercy of God, the Therese and Faustina, and and uh, I mean even beyond that, JP two does a lot with the mercy of God, writes a lot about it too, and just this profound focus on it. I think the Lord, in His infinite wisdom, um, really in the last two hundred years, has has shown humanity His heart in a in a greater depth that way. Just last week, um, I I was thinking about the woman at the well, mm. and you know our Lord forgives her. You know, he says, you know, stop sinning, or I forget the actual phrase, but, you know, go and sin no more, I think, is something along that. And I, I thought to myself, wow, she just had confession, mm-hmm. you know, and our Lord did that. And wouldn't that be so cool? I mean, I realize that when we're in confession that the priest represents our Lord there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get all of that. But wouldn't that be so cool? if we could have our Lord sitting here and we could talk with him and share with him and he himself forgives us. And I, I just, I remember sitting and thinking about that for like hours. I was just like, ah, that mm. would be so cool. I would love that. You know, and so it goes along with, you know, Cam, with what you're saying about, you know, how merciful our Lord is and, you know, Therese wanting to be with, you know, Mary and, and the apostles and, you know, and so just being with our, you know, can you imagine the disciples, the apostles being there and our Lord was there. He was there physically. Mm. You know, we don't have that today. 
uh, unless he comes to us in, in some manner like he did with Faustina and St. Therese. But isn't, I think that would just be really so wonderful to just be able to see him like that, So, which we will when we get to heaven, of course. So. Mm-hmm. Maria Tarbell and Cam Clutter in the cafe with us this morning. We're chatting about the Holy Father's apostolic exhortation on St. Therese of Lisieux on the anniversary, the 150th anniversary of her birth. Well, I think, uh, Maria, right at the outset of the documents, uh, when the Holy Father's talking about Therese's confidence, he says, uh, the wellspring of grace overflows into our lives. And I think this goes with what you were just saying, the gospel takes flesh within us and makes us channels of mercy for our brothers and sisters. So it's that overflow and that indwelling of, of uh, Christ in us then makes us channels of his mercy to everyone that we encounter. And you tie that into one of the strangest by our standards, um, you look at all the the people, all the great missionaries through the history of the church, who could be named patron of missions. The church chooses Saint Therese, right? A Carmelite cloistered nun. <laughs> yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah, but but you really see through her life and her prayer, it's all about mission. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about her self gift and her love, her ardency. Uh, in her life on earth. She said she wanted to spend like her time in heaven as she would on earth, which is bringing other souls to God. Mm-hmm. And I it, mean, that's the heart of the missionary, right? Right. It's just this great desire to bring others to God, to make him known, to make him loved. And yeah, even though she wasn't in the mission field, she was a powerful intercessor. Like if you know the story of when she was quite young, she, there was this horrible sinner who was you know, about to go to the guillotine and her heart just went out for him because she knew that he didn't know the Lord. She knew that he hadn't asked for a priest and yet she stood in the gap and she said, Lord, like, please have mercy on him and, and give him an opportunity in the moments of his life to turn to you. And she, so she put herself in that intercessory position so that the Lord would be known to him specifically. And at, as he was walking to the guillotine, he, he took the cross from the priest, kissed the cross, and, and she knew that was his repentant sign and that the Lord had answered her prayer. And I think that's the heart of a missionary, right? Mm-hmm. Just this great desire for, for everyone to come to know and love our Lord. And she did that from the cloister. And I think that tells us that each one of us can be that missionary um, regardless of what the Lord has called us to. That's where the Holy Father says, in an age of indifference and self-absorption, Therese inspires us to be missionary disciples, captivated by the attractiveness of Jesus and the gospel. Mm. I mean, we all have that desire, right, to to, to have that, uh, just to be captivated. Right. And, and, think about what actually captivates us and um, to have that purity of heart to be captivated by God and God alone. 
but you guys as as young adults and those that work with young adults isn't i mean they're especially with young people they're fighting against just indifference i mean they're surrounded by indifference and malaise and self-absorption i'm sure the folks that you work with have a real strong desire to get out of themselves and to serve others have you encountered that i I, i'm seeing with um, many young adults that they want something deeper you know even if they can't articulate it quite that way there's just this this sense in their eyes that there there, there's got to be something more than just what what's happening and culturally it's just been so you know challenging for folks um, you know, to, to have, to have that and try to find that. So, and just, I think the best way to do it is just to try and model, um, you know, um, Amanda, what you were just saying around, um, so they can see some alternatives, uh, at, and, and then have the opportunity to meet up with other young adults, uh, that are similar in thinking about that and go to a young adult, and, and I don't think it has anything to do whether you're Catholic or not. I think um, certainly if you, you're coming from possibly a lifelong Catholic um, mm-hmm. setting, but I'm also seeing it with ones that may not even have any type of religious um, upbringing, that, uh, that they just sense that there's this gap there, and they're just not finding something, uh, certainly in the culture they, that, w- that we're seeing um, out there right now. Well, and I think it's really easy to feel stuck too in that, right? Mm-hmm. Where where they uh, all of young adults. I'm a young adult still. I shouldn't say they. We, <laughs> my generation. Um. I I agree with you, Maria. I think there's some there is a thirst and a hunger for something that's more. But I think there's an overarching stuckness to the culture too of of this like. You know, I I desire something more than where I am right now, but I have no idea how to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know the steps to take. I you know, rinse, wash, repeat my daily routine, and that's pretty much all I do all day, and nothing's changing, right? Um, I I I want to zoom in on paragraph thirty nine if we can in in Say La Confiance by Pope Francis on Saint Therese in confidence and the merciful love of God. Because I think I think this really gets to the heart of Therese, too, feeling stuck in her season. Um, she starts reading chapters 12 and 13 of the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians and really just focusing in on that Paul's, you know, likening the church to the body. We are one body, mm-hmm. but many members, many parts. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are called to be the hand. Some people are called to be the feet. And, and Pope Francis really just like... Um, lays out and quotes Therese that she had not recognized herself in any of the members that St. Paul described or or she really she desired to see herself in all of them but couldn't like confine herself to just one of them and ultimately she she finds she does this really beautiful you know explanation that that she would be the heart then if the church is a body then it needs a heart and so she would be the heart and and just recognizing that call of missionary discipleship on all of us no matter what your walk of life is I mean it's it's easy to think, you know, someone who has a missionary job or or someone who works for a radio apostolate, you know, clearly you are working for the body of Christ. But I mean, Maria, in your work, you are a businesswoman, right? And a, and, and a right. business teacher. 
um, part-time business teacher. And so I'm sure they're, you know, at first glance, it might be easy to say, how are you working as the body of Christ? Because you don't work in an apostolate or you don't work at this, but, and yet the Lord got the ball rolling anyways Mm -hmm. and led you to a point where, I mean, now the Catholic Young Adult Conference is five years strong and growing, and that's such a beautiful thing, recognizing how we all get to be those different body parts. Um, Teresa's passion here is beautiful. Oh, Jesus, my love, my vocation, at last I have found it. My vocation is love. Yes, I have found my place in the church, and it is you, oh my God, who have given me this place in the heart of the church. My mother, I shall be love. Thus I shall be everything, and thus my dream will be realized. Mm. Her vocation is love. And, and is I mean, isn't that in in boy, if in everything that we do, whatever the vocation, whatever we do, um, I mean, what Therese is saying, what the Lord is saying through her is do it in love. Just be love in that place where you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets back to um, what Pope Francis said in the beginning of this is, you know, in an age that focuses so much on ourselves and our own interest, Therese shows us the beauty of making ourselves that that gift. And that's that's really what love is, is the gift of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And, and as we were talking about um, just this desire to be captivated. And and Dave, you had asked the question, you know, seeing that hunger in young adults. And my thought was kind of, Cam, what you were sharing about we are the body of Christ and everyone has a different part. You know, in the, in the culture where we are experiencing maybe a, the difficulty of finding something beautiful and um, just indifference that we find in in the culture and the breakdown of the family that if if we are yearning for more and if you are a part of a family that that is living that to invite young adults into that because i think we do kind of we're we're finding a lack of maybe maybe we've grown up in in broken homes or Mm -hmm. we're not seeing it in the culture and and to in- invite our friends, um, if you're able to, to like invite people into that family spirit so that they can cultivate what it means to be captivated, what it means to be loved, what it means to see Christ in a family. Maria Tarbell and Cameron Clutter here in the cafe with Amanda and me. We're going through Pope Francis's document on St. Therese of Lisieux on the 150th anniversary of her birth, on confidence in the merciful love of God. Yeah, there's, so you have attraction and captivation are are two words that are really popping for me. And uh, so the, uh, the kind of the basis, the foundation of evangelization is that attractiveness. That's what he's saying. It's that odor, right? Mm-hmm. I think he uses the the word, the odor of sanctity or mm-hmm. the odor of God is, is what brings people. And, and then to captivate them through, through love. He may, uh, the Holy father makes the comment in the end, only love counts. Trust make roses bloom or makes roses blossom and pours them forth as an overflow of the superabundance of God's love. Let us ask then for such trust as a free and precious gift of grace. 
so that the paths of the gospel may open up in our lives. Trez was able to say, I count only on love. Mm. There's such a, a beautiful simplicity in, in that. It's another point that the Holy Father makes that in a time of uh, great complexity, Trez can help us rediscover the importance of simplicity, the absolute primacy of love, trust, and abandonment. Isn't there such a a freedom? I mean, how often do we say, well, I don't have the, I don't have the background. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the training. Well, yeah, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I I didn't, you know, I, I just, I knew nothing other than this, this, what about the young people? Mm. And so going down this path, I had to learn a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a blessing, you know, to partner with Kate. Uh, she has a master's in theology. I have a master's in business. And, you know, we made a great, we, we are a great partnership yeah. in, that, in that regard. And so I think the Lord moved me. And, you know, I've done conferences and things, but not, not the kind like we, we are doing mm. now. Um, and so um, I, I'm the poster child. And first of all, I'm not a young adult. I'm not anywhere close to being a young adult <laughs> anymore. You know, it's just like, Lord, uh, you know, are you sure about this? You know, and so, um, so yeah, it's just, you know, being, um, I think I was a little bit initially intrigued about the whole way of going about this and seeing how it would, might play out and everything. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. But it harkens back to that idea that Dave, you're sharing just the trust and simplicity that she had. And I think it yeah. really highlights um, in in her little way, you know, the childlikeness and how she's calling us and um, telling us the greatness of being childlike before our Lord and just letting him do it. Whatever he's asking of, of us, mm-hmm. just actually letting him do it in us. But I think this childlikeness she talks about a lot. Do you see that in in her writing, Cam? Yeah, I mean, if you've ever read Story of a Soul, it's it's all about being a child. I one I one of the quotes of Saint Therese. I'm gonna paraphrase this because I I don't know what the actual quote is, but um, she talks about how that journey to sainthood is is kind of like climbing a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there are so many people who are really good at, you know, bulking up, getting big and strong and climbing the mountain and doing the thing. And the Lord graces them with that. And that's so good. And Therese goes, but I, I could never be that. I am I am such a child. Mm. And she goes, but even though they might be big and strong and tall and everything, I will be taller than them. Because all I have to do is raise my arms to my father and he will pick me up and put me on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And when he picks me up and puts me on his shoulders, yeah. I will yeah. be taller than all of them. <laughs> Doesn't she also mention an elevator? Yeah. yeah. And that, that like holy elevator of that. that which is that. really funny. Yeah, She's you from guys the... you guys could take the long way and you know, <laughs> just take I'm the just gonna take the elevator. <laughs> right. Um I often refer to Saint Therese. She's she's really snarky as a saint if you ever read her writings she'll go from like this really beautiful flowery language to just like but but this and this <laughs> and it's just uh, i mean it's not cutting corners to take the elevator to heaven so to speak no. but Heck no. it's smarter that it's way working is what she smarter, offered. Not harder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly but that idea of that that simplicity of you know i think of 
uh, honestly, I think of my daughter. My daughter's six and a half months old and um, has become really mobile recently in the last month, rolling from one end of the room to the other, and how much she just enjoys the simple things. Like when I get home from work, one of my favorite things to do is I get home and she'll be, you know, laying on our on our rug and um, I walk in the door and I kind of pause and I smile real big and she smiles real big. And then I, I just lay down on the rug next to her on the floor of our apartment and just like, you know, I, I it might be a little dirty sometimes. It might be a little messy sometimes, things like that, but I don't care. For me, it's, I, I recognize that to my daughter, that simple moment of just let me lay on the floor and roll around with my dad um, and I'll, you know, pick her up and she does this thing right now where she, she likes to growl. She goes, ah, all the time. And so I'll growl back at her and, um, just this really beautiful moment of, and, and she teaches me at six and a half months old of, of how the father loves me, right. Yeah. Uh, of how God, I mean, talk about the Eucharist, talk about, you know, laying on the floor of your apartment and rolling around with your son or daughter. Um, Jesus humbles himself to the point of becoming bread for us and, mm-hmm. and just, uh, so to speak, rolls around with us here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that simple childlikeness of, of my daughter teaches me a lot. And I think First St. Therese teases that out a lot in her writings of just, that's what I want to be with right. God. Yeah. Actually, I had this really great moment when you you came to my desk yesterday and you were just beaming and you were showing me a picture of your daughter and she just had what was it like sweet, sweet potato, potato. Yeah. she just had sweet potatoes all over her face and she was holding the spoon in like this awkward position close to her face and you were just like delighting in and just like look at her like isn't she amazing and it's like yeah and i got to delight too and um it was it was this beautiful moment because I was in the midst of reading this document of, of St. Therese and I was just like, isn't that exactly like what the father does? And even he more just, so. He like, delights yeah. in our mess and our like inability to know like how to use the spoon or how to do anything, right? But he delights in us and he wants wants to be a part of that process with us. And and I I like that St. Therese is all about this simplicity of childlikeness. Mm-hmm. And it's like my father delights in me and he's going to lift me up into his arms and he's going to do the hard work and we're going to run through this together. We're going to roll on the floor together. <laughs> yeah. It and, reminds me. Oh, go ahead, Maria. You know, and when we ask him for his help, he will, he will be there. That's right. Us. So um, if I could share a, just a little story about the most recent conference. Yeah. So our planning committee, we come up with our keynote speakers and uh, we always select three speakers and, you know, first choice, second choice, third choice. And so our second keynote, we wanted um, Sister Mary Grace from the Sisters of Life. And so we're always working about 18 months out. So we, uh, we worked to contact the Sisters of Life, but we couldn't get, uh, they didn't say no, but uh, in, in the summer of 22, but we couldn't get a commitment. And so we moved on. We went to our second choice. She was already booked. We went to our third choice, and um, he he was uh, he was available. So we did that. February, we get the message um, that he is being called back to his diocese outside of he mm-hmm. was uh, Father Brennan at uh, at the Josephinum. He was being called back to his diocese. So here it is, early February <laughs> of this year, and we are now without a keynote speaker. 
And so Kate and I chatted, and, and I said, why don't, why don't I, you know, the Sisters for Life never turned us down. Why don't I reach out? And so I did. Sister Mary Grace got right back to us and said, let me see. Okay, we are available. Let me, let me see what I can do. Waited about maybe quite, not quite a week, hadn't heard from Sister. So I contacted her and said, hey, Sister, you know, where, where do we stand? She says, I'll get right back to you. I need, let me check in again with my mother's superior. So I'm seeing this on my computer screen, and I said, of course, she's not making this decision. Her mother superior is. And so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to go do a flying novena. And I walked over on my coffee table that my husband and I have. We have a little um, set up with a cross and and pictures of our Lord and and Mother Mary and Mm -hmm. the the family. And so uh, so I sat there, and I said, Mary? And I was talking, kind of talking like this to her. Mary, I need your help. You're a mom to, to our Lord. This is his conference. And Sister Mary Grace has a mom, mm-hmm. her mother superior. I need you, Mary, to go to your son and ask him, is Sister Mary Grace supposed to be with us in October? If she is, could he intercede and help the mother superior in this decision? If not, if, if she is not to be with us, that's okay. Whatever it is, but it's, it's February and we need to move on. <laughs> you know, so Mary, I need your help. And so I sat there and I prayed um, 10 Hail Marys, the flying mm-hmm. novena, you know, nine of them, and then a thankful one. And I just said, Mary, I leave it with you. Less than 24 hours later, I'm picking up an email, like at eight something uh, the next morning. And Sister Mary Grace is saying, we're in. Yeah. And so when we go and we ask, we're simple and we're yeah. asking. Um, he, he will help us. Mm-hmm. He will help us. And so I ended up telling Sister Mary Grace's story about this, you know, when she was here uh, for the conference. Uh, because I said, Sister, you know, our Lord was the one that had you come. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, just asking him. Because if he didn't want her, that was going to be okay with me and with Kate. We, we would just, you know, we would ask his help to find who it needed to be. But, you know, in this case, that's the way it played out. So. I love it. Love it. Did, mm-hmm. did you hear how today's show came, came about? I so Amanda, Cam, and I were uh, here praying uh, yesterday. I don't know. It was, what, around 1130? And we knew what, that we wanted to have this conversation. So we just prayed, Lord, um, <laughs> we'll give you until noon. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, to, to find some to find friend some, to come into yeah, the cafe to find that and friend. talk with us. Yeah, so whoever calls or stops by. Yeah, whoever yeah. comes to mind that we need to call, whatever it is, Lord. And <laughs> so we were making all kinds of calls and praying, okay, who do you want to invite in, Lord? And then what was it, like five minutes? The phone 12? rings once. The phone <laughs> rings once in that time. Yeah. Guess right. who? Yeah, me. Because <laughs> I went and checked that after you told me that. Yep. Amanda, I went and checked and I said, because I could have called at any point yesterday mm-hmm. what I needed to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to be at that point. I just said, let me go call Amanda. And I did. <laughs> and there you go. And, <laughs> there, and there we are. Well, and, and yet, uh, Maria, you, you just have a beautiful way of saying yes, you know, mm-hmm. to, uh, to how the, how the Lord, you know, wants to lead you. And Boy, you know, folks, uh, friends, that's that's such an easy, easy path to walk with others and to to bring others uh, to your heart. Is it starts with our yes, 
And, and that's very much the heart of uh, Therese's to, to say yes, Lord, and then look around her and see who else she can bring along. That's very much at the heart, mm-hmm. I think, of, uh, of, who, of who she is mm-hmm. and her gift to the church. And that, I mean, that's so childlike, too. I think of, you know, when a four-year-old is playing, if you yeah. say, hey, you yeah. know. Do you want to play you, with me? Right. Or, or you know, <laughs> you hear the ice cream truck. It's not just they go running by themselves. They go screaming through the house, ice cream, <laughs> and yeah. take everyone with them, right? As many people as possible. Um, and, and I think really it's the heart of Therese, but ultimately it's the heart of our Lord too. That's it. He's uh, G.K. Chesterton writes that he's infinitely, infinitely more childlike than we are in, mm-hmm. in as God right that it's our sin actually that makes us grow old so to speak mm-hmm. um chesterton offers that it, it he didn't you know paint one wild flower and put it in the field and then copy and paste a whole bunch of different ones but actually what if god is so childlike that he delights in painting every individual wildflower mm-hmm. one by one by one and planting it over and over and over and or or when the sun rises in the morning, it's not just that he put it there and said, rise and set at this time for infinitely, but every morning God wakes up and says, good morning, sun. And every night he says, good night. Mm. And it's just this like simplicity of doing it over and over and over. I think that Therese gets to in that childlike heart that, that ultimately belongs to Jesus first. Amen. Maria, Maria, we just have a couple minutes left. If, uh, our friends want to get involved with the Columbus Catholic Young Adult Conference. Where can well, they find you? Um, I would suggest to go out to our website, ccyac.org, and they can contact us through that. It will come. It will that information will come directly into our conference email account. There's a you know contact us button. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend anyone. We would love to have, uh, have put them on our our uh, our email distribution list. We're also looking for young people to join us um, on the planning yep. side. Um, definitely, lots of good ideas that come from folks, and um, so. But and then also, if they just want to stay in touch with us as to uh, the different things that we want to yeah. do, uh, because our our mission is uh, is greater than the conference. Actually, if amen. You were, if you were yeah. to go out, we start with a conference similar to what the men's conference did. You know, they started with a conference, but. If you go out, it's called the Catholic Men's Ministry. That's right. And so the confer- their conference is just one of many things that they're doing. Now, they've been around for, I don't know, 28 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see ourselves moving more in terms of a broader mission uh, that encompasses the young adults. Friendship and community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So ccyac.org. Excellent. Maria, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. So the Holy Father closes this document with a beautiful prayer. So let's pray uh, this, friends. Dear St. Therese, the church needs to radiate the brightness, the fragrance of the joy of the gospel. Send us your roses. Help us to be like yourself, ever confident in God's immense love for us so that we may imitate each day your little way of holiness. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.